you're listening to the Every Kind of Lady Cafe Hour. You're listening to Enzima. <laughs> so I am excited because I have another, another set of women from the Every Kind of Lady and Her Sisters Pages 2020 Poetic Anthology. Okay, so y'all might know by now that this book has made number one Yes, number one bestseller. So I wasn't even looking for that, y'all. But with these women, I should have known it was going to be a bestseller. And I am so thankful and grateful for these women who participated, these authorists, these talented women. Well, they're here today. You're going to hear a little backdrop about each piece. You're going to hear the piece. Yes. So to no further ado, I am going to get right all into it. And we're going to hear from our sister, Leslie Bivens. She is an amazing, amazing, multi-talented. When I say multi-talented, let me explain to you why multi-talented. She's not only a, a poet and a writer, she is an actress. So when she comes to the stage, she's bringing her her stanzas, her similes, her metaphors, her expressions all up on stage. And we just love her. She wrote a piece that is just so heartwarming. So uh, pull, it pulls at the, the strings. Some of us might say it is the unpopular thought, but it's a real thought. It is raw, it is powerful. And when we write, we don't necessarily write all the time for ourselves. Sometimes we are the voices for others. And this piece, in my opinion, um, sits in a realm of that internal monologuing that spills out to the resiliency space, which means when you're in a place where you can write about it and put your artistic expression on it, share it, and you're able to hold your composure and be a voice for others and manipulate it and throw other things on it and a smile, you're in a resilient place. So to no further ado, I would like to introduce Miss Leslie Bivens, our author, our poet, our actress, and more. Thank you for coming on the show, Leslie. Thank you for having me. This piece is called Unmaking. You were conceived in mud and leaves and slug covered pavement with slap cheeks stinging and eyes closing from a stranger's punch and leftover redness from a knife pressed into a young neck. The smell of his dirty body and the heavy pressure of youthful legs being ripped apart and the searing pulsation of your unwelcome life being thrust into me. And when it was over, it began and I lay moaning in dirt vision blocked by a ripped shirt jacked over a sweaty head and yet you still had the audacity to travel onward why didn't the bloody darkness scare you and when i could finally stand millions of your companions released themselves and slid down my bruised legs why didn't you and when your stranger father said if you tell i'll kill you why didn't you know you weren't wanted and slide out as a puddle of gross white ooze? And when I found one someone to tell and no one believed, you didn't stop your pursuit of my womb. So I played mute and hoped you'd go away. I told no one else 
and spent my days in listless stupor while replays of your foul conception taunted my memory. Weeks begin to pass and with them, the steady boom, 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 boom. Iambic beat of your ill-gotten heart grew stronger and I began to imagine I smelled you damp and lingering like the aftertaste of garlic except it never wore off the vampire who moved in me like a squatter and left his trash behind. So I went through the days feeling the end of my youth expanding in front of me, wishing for a way to save my life. I could hold it in no more, so I shattered my silence and let my rapid anguish out. Take this vile monster from me, I cried. And the world was silent and still I screamed as I imagined this thing growing spindly hairs and fangs, which it would use to pierce my heart. I screamed and finally the angels of mercy in their long white coats and white, white walls laid me down on the cold white tomb with wheels. And I wanted you out like Lady Macbeth in her damn spot. And once again, your interest to life was ripped open, but now I yielded and the angels told me to count backwards from a hundred and I was dead. And the exit you would not make on your own was made for you. You clung to life, I was told. Oh, but the angels were stronger and it was a bloody, bloody feud fought with high speed, full vacuum armor. And when an angel touched my sweaty brow, wet with laborers glow, I arose from the dead and looked to the floor. And there you were, a bloody mass entombed in a glass jar. <laughs> and I laughed to be free of you. Thank you. Ooh. Um, let me tell you, you know, when I heard you read that piece before, everything, the right and the wrong side of me is doing things. And I don't know if that's understandable with that. Um, wow, can we just take um, a minute to, to sit on that? I have... Mm. Leslie, tell me, you're going to have to um, tell me about the process because that piece, you know, when I describe the book and I, I say that this is internal monologues and prose, um, truths, um, upheavals and workings, um, scathed thoughts and observations, um, not thoughts, but scathed observations, the unpopular. Um, just tell me if you if you can just if you had to just sum this up in one word, and then tell me um, and sum it up in one word the release you felt after completing that piece, and then tell me about the process. Um, like how long it took you to make it, where did it come from, all the little pieces. We assume, we understand the interpretation of the piece, but because I am an artist, I understand that there are multiple stories webbed into one or it come from a multitude of different places. So please. So what it is, is it's unmaking and it's truth because people 
don't understand that what rape is, is murder, you know? And it's murder because when a girl is raped, it's the only form of murder where the victim's left alive, you know? And, and even though oftentimes, sometimes the rapist can go to prison, this person, he or she, most oftentimes it's, it's a man, can go to prison and do their time, but this victim is left alive, but they're still dead. Doesn't matter how much therapy you get, doesn't matter how much counseling you get, there's a piece of you that is largely dead. And we know you can't come back from death. Wow, you know, I am a sexual assault crisis counselor, so I'm on the hotline. I'm on the hotline. And when I hear some of the stories in the midst of some triggering moments, um, some things that might have happened to someone 20 years ago, adult survivors, to the survivors um, that this thing, this beastly thing took place probably was just like a week ago or four days ago, or I might get a call um, to come to the hospital. It could be the same day. Um, so I would reference that as being a, um, a murder, a murder, you know, um, and I've been in a space where um, of just maybe like four women in a room. I was in, I was at a retreat, I go every year and only one of us admits not being assaulted in one way. Right. And I so that was, that, that, that was a tight number. Like, wait, it's only four of us in here. Only one of us could say that. And I don't believe we, that. We escaped it. Right. You know? I don't believe that. So that, so that. No, no, no. So I mean, so which means that means three out of four was assaulted. Right. Yeah. Um, so um, I think it's a topic that, you know, some people shy away from or, uh, and just the um, celebratorial ending of saying, you know, and I got rid of you. Um, and even with um, that, the, the, um, the death that you describe is still worn in the internal space. It sits in the recesses in the vacuums and it lines itself on a broken and lying pages and journals and books and other things. And so I thank you for sharing that piece. It was powerful. And um, I, you know, some people are um, a child of um, being, um, they, they, their mothers was assaulted. And, um, and so, on the other side of that, they're happy to be here. That the that that the the outlook was well. You are mine, and um, is and and the reality of what happened to me um, is um they had the a different ability to separate themselves from it. Um, so the inspiration that it took for you to to get it down outside of yourself. That process, personally, when you put the pen down, 
um, the release that you felt, was it like, did you feel lighter? Did you feel that it was a morning? You dealt with well, it? Or? For me, it made, it made me angry because when I started this piece, it was because it, it was basically a tribute to so many places in the world where girls and women were not allowed legally to get abortions, even when it was a byproduct of rape, mm -hmm. you know, and they were not given the choice. If you chose to continue with the pregnancy, that's good. And that's your personal choice as it should be. But if you chose not to do that, the choice should be yours. It should not come from an outside entity. And that's what made me angry. And I had to do something about it. And this was my only recourse. I like was that. I, had, I felt like I, I had to put pens of paper on it. Yeah, I, you know, um, that is definitely expressive writing in a raw. Um, I don't like um, to water down anything I do. As a artist, I think we we move the furniture pieces, the mental furniture pieces in the mind. We push boundaries. We present things that you haven't seen before, or maybe so much. Maybe we have experienced it, um, and so you look for fresh stuff. You look for people to take risk. And, and to have the confidence and to stand behind your piece and, 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 to, and, and not to put it in an edited form, I'm assuming, because it was raw, it was clearly oh, yeah. raw. Um, I, I have to tip my hat off to you. I've written things um, in dark spaces. I remember my first journey of publishing and whoo, I was so worried about what other people said. And, and I said, wait a minute, I'm going against every kind of lady's mission when I'm doing workshops, rather if I'm at Mount Holyoke College or if I'm doing something at the Trinity Health of New England at St. Francis Hospital, or if I'm wherever I am, I'm telling people, and I've been saying it for over 10 years, is in most of my books, the, um, the, the curriculum, the journals, I tell people make the important meetings with yourself then I say inkwell and don't give a darn about what nobody think because because then they're holding your pen and you can't let yep. anybody hold your pen. And I tell people to write with gel pens so it can slide and glide nicely. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you. I, yeah. I, I, you have to come back. Um, thank you. I appreciate you, you so much. You are so multi-talented and um, I know that you have something coming up soon and um would you like to tell me about that uh no um i'll come back soon and okay, <laughs> um, okay. I, february is very busy for for all of us in the african-american community so i won't take oh, up too much of uh, your time okay oh, okay thank you <laughs> all right no problem thank you thank leslie you. that was leslie y'all <laughs> she's amazing beautiful soul sister take care <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so you all heard from Leslie Divins.
So that was an incredible piece, right? Um, that piece is also in Every Kind of Lady and Her Sister's Pages Anthology. So that's what we're doing. We're celebrating, we're reading pieces from the ethology. And um, so right now we actually have submissions open for the next, the 2021 anthology. And that's the submissions close March 15th. People are submitting, don't get left out. So if you're listening um, and it's fine, you in a timely manner, get your piece in. Now we don't let any old thing come in, you know, but hey, consider yourself great and try. So we have our next guest today. And this person who we about to hear from, she is an amazing person. Like I, I tell you, when you meet people and you just see the energy that they bring, the passion they have for the art and for others, um, you just have to welcome that. You have to bring in that space. You have to like, you know, become a stalker and include them and call them and say, hey, where you at? And so this person, her name is Amira Shabazz Balau, and she is a visual artist. She is from Newark, New Jersey. She, oh, she's an author and a poet. And let me tell you, when I found out that she had um, published like over 300 and something babies, I was like, Lord have mercy, that is blessings, because their legacy is ever written and you know we have some babies that probably won't have the opportunity to ever do that again but then you never know because they was published with her assistance and doing the footwork they might be inspired to continue to move on in that direction and build their written legacies because because that is what we do. That's what we do, people. And this woman right here, she have a platform that she opened the doors for several ladies on the every, um, I'm about to say every kind of lady, Lord have mercy, baby, because we rub elbows so much. But when women speaks, oh my God, and when people speaks, when women speaks, I have to say I was able to participate and I'm always honored to participate. She is an amazing. So I'm going to let her come in. Her, um, her name again is Amara Shabazz Balau. Hey, hey, sis. Hey, fellow sister of the pages. How are you? Such a wonderful experience and honor to be amongst um, every kind of lady and her sister pages. I was blessed to be asked and I was honored to accept. Thank you. Yes. Um, I'm just going to jump into this piece at this point. Yes, yes, yes. Let's have it. You know, I want to hear about this. I want you to share when you after you finish sharing your piece, we're going to have to talk about this. So folks, you guys in for a treat, sit back, put your buckle, put your seatbelts on and come on for the ride with us. All righty then. They be clapping. They be clapping and saying and celebrating your years clean. Yay. You did it, but I, I sit silent with applause inside my eyes. Clap, 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 each clap like thunder rippling with my heartbeat. But here, here's to you. Here's to you with your underlying abuse, freedom. And here's to me, cause I'm still walking around with this monkey on my back. Yet you, you be free. I'm still caught in chains of burnt out pain. Mom, 
Mom, I haven't been freed. I'm still tied to leaning poles, holding the geometry of life by the angled side. 90 degrees of childhood loss, non-tilted straight up rays of madness. I hold on to the angles of spent realities, reality to keep them from falling and catching my tears as they slide down poles, dripping but never, ever, ever hitting earth. But I'm strong. I have the strength of a child's essence, of burnt in fortitude, of being silenced, of tears that run inside, of fear, of no way of showing love without showing hate, of self, of fear, of you returning to her, the monster of my youth. She still hides under beds, in closets, and in the threads of my worn out knees. I suck in snot wells through holes that should be eyes with souls, dripping, leaving paths, paths uncovering cold shavings, which cover my heart. And when I'm allowed to breathe, I choke, I choke up you. I fear seeing leaning poles cause they remind me each and every one of them of you. Endless corners with cans, EBT cards, newspaper, kids clothes, mine, selling them for crack and not food. Mom, I'm zero minutes, zero days, zero months, zero years free. No one freed me. I sit in silence while you were praised, weak ass excuses for my hell. I stood silent through it all. Where's my applause? My award of a super effed up life that taught me two things, how not to die and how to fight for life. When the hands lift and before they meet again, vibrating sounds would creep into my cold mind of a heart. You glance at my silence, it holds secrets. It's clap like thunder with the strength to crack and break through silence. So I see how you might be scared, scared for me to speak. We are grateful we made it. We made it past late evenings of street walks, 2 a.m. freedom calls, missed class trips, deep nods through parent meetings, yours. Those gold stockings with holes you wore to pick me up from school. Well, at least you came. And that afro matted wig you wore to my graduation smelling like a spilled drink, drinks of salvation. The fights I get into at the kids' snickers about you. The hunger for food and a life, the pain. The pain of being a child from the temporary motherless clan. Your skeleton frame, your toothless grin, my never new clothes, my unkept six-year-old self. Your screams through playground fences at my lunchtime recess, my pretending not to know you. My missed school days, my smells, your smells too. My reflection in mirrors, hoping never, ever, ever to become you. My screams, the day they took me from school in that black car from you. Black clouds of thunder left lonely last night and the other night and the other night and the other night when you didn't come home from me. Eight years of foster care, 12 years of blank black stares, 20 years clean, 20 nights of tears and heart screams, 20 years of living me without you. So yeah, I hear the claps and the congrats and I smother the rage within, warming the cold deep within begging to take place and form my diamond. It's like the irony of saying happy birthday to the child when the mom bore all the pain, except mine is in reverse. So they be clapping. And I'd be sitting in silence, waiting for the encore, waiting for my applause.
My lady. My lady. Um, that's another heavy. Yeah. That's another heavy. Like I, you know, it's I am so um moved to hear that piece alive, like in life and you know, reading it is powerful already. But to hear the way you delivered that, you know, it is an extra treat. Like I need to breathe for a second. (laughs) Um, How you feeling? Well, I'm thinking and I'm feeling that um, this is one of the reasons that I love, I love, I love spoken word. I love to hear poetry. I mean, it could be written, but there's no way that those words could roll off that page without that voice and that inflection and that pain. I mean, people can read it and they can get their own interpretation of what's going on in the life of that child. But when you hear it, it becomes so real. I mean, you get, you get lost, you get lost in the pain. You get lost in the cycle and you're wondering always what happened, what happened after the applause? Where's that girl now? Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. When you talk about the, 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 the needs and the looking under the bed and the snot wells and the hung and the man, man, I, I, I am your delivery and the visual um, picture you paint um, that ops that scave observations that you've made, you know, that, from my interpretation, I'm assuming that is a few stories in one. Mm. Um, But for someone to be able to visually or to experience other stuff going on and then capture it and throw it down on paper, pick it back up, read it, spit it out, pick it back up, spit it out again that means the heaviness Mm -hmm. of your observation was such a process that you internalize it because you don't deliver something like that um from afar if you did not feel a connect connection to it yeah my understanding that you are a teacher your educator and um come on with it that now i'm ready for it spit it out that tell tell me about that process when you started when you put this down this one was in my heart for a long time and you were very intuitive to 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 see that it's a combination of people's lives it's not the main character is actually more than one character more than one person um but every event talked about in the poem is a real event it's something that I witnessed not firsthand, but secondhand, thirdhand. And I saw the pain rupture whole people, crack them up, spit them out, and not really able to ever shovel up the pieces and glue them back together, but you try. I mean, if you could have been there the day that the girl was dragged out of the class, screaming that she wanted her half of a mother, even though the mother had no way of being a mother. The girl wanted her mother. 
If you could have been there the day the mother stuck her lips through the fence to call the girl after the girl had been taken away and the girl was so embarrassed at this point that she pretended not to know her. It's some deep stuff. The girl went through. This is some. This is some deep stuff. And you know, you dig into my space. Yeah. You dig into my space. You know, I was. I get it. You know, um, anybody who followed every kind of lady cafe hour understands that um, I put I put my business all out there, but in a way where I understand it's therapeutic for me, it's cathartic for me, is a release for me. My father's a single father. You know, and I always say, you know. Um, living through my mom addiction where I was, I didn't have to, um, well, I had a father to raise me as a single father um, from, and not understanding why can I just have half of her like you described? Mm-hmm. Um, because at least I would have some part of it. But I, 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 I was able to have, um, maybe a half of her a few times out the year. And, um, you know, my father, you know, just had to say, hey, here's the rules. This is what's going to go down. No matter what, you always want that longing relationship. You always, and and then you go through different phases of being angry, hurt, and all of that stuff. And then you say to yourself, you get to a place of, of un- looking at their story. You look at their story and people we don't know indirectly, we are injured by other people, not just the decisions about um, that they made, but the decisions and choices that other people made and put upon them. And then you became a direct, direct um, benefit, not, to, not a good benefit, but in the, in the way of the shots. And so you, that little girl, that little boy who, you know, understand what it means to be separated. And, and I know what it feels like to be separated. Mm-hmm. I understand when I say, well, I want to go, I don't care what, well, I don't know what y'all talking about. I just want to go back. I want to hang out with my mom. Um, and the answer was just no, but you gave answer, but you was given answers you didn't understand. So I feel that. So when you write, like a uh, like I um, spoke said to Miss um, um, Leslie earlier, you know when we write, you have no idea um, that you're writing other people's stories. Yeah, yeah. And you know it, but at the same time, how many other people's stories you touching yeah. on? You know, and it's a part of folks they don't know until you know yeah so i appreciate the the the, the empathy well, it's a funny thing that you say that because this poem has been um i have been um reciting this poem in several diverse venues and it within the african-american community and i'm not just saying that this is an african-american story because for sure it's not mm-hmm. um but the people that come out of the audience to talk to me after the presentation, um, how their lives are connected, how this story is their daughter, how this story is themselves. How can I come and talk to a group of young girls who um, are living examples of this same experience? When you go into other communities where people may be a little bit more 
um, removed from situations like this or, or viewing this type of lives um, that people might have to, um, or they find themselves in, um, the tears that flow, I mean, real tears, because now you see that you're worried about something superficial and these, these kids have lived more, have experienced more life and pain than you can ever think of. And yet they endure it. And what is the, the, the end result of what they become as adults? What, what happens? Do they repeat this cycle? Do they break through? Are they breathing comfortably? Like my title of my book, or are they still breathing through concrete, trying to struggle to breathe in and out and live some sort of life. You never know. Mm. And I have that book. So I know, <laughs> I know that book is, <laughs> I have that book. And I, and I love the fact that you um, included some pictures because you are multi-talented as well. So you are a photographer. You have a lot of different things going on. I, I you know, I am, I just feel blessed and honored to be in the same, you know, realm, rubbing elbows with soulful sister, artistic sister, sisters who get it, um, put the work in, who who not only put the work in, but end up really lending a voice to some of the voiceless, the, the voiceless people mm -hmm. out there, or echoing things that in case you forgot, in case you forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we're here we are here and and you know um so with that being said um the process that you explain and 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 the benefits and and the empathy that you you know just doing this piece some people don't care they just you know i i love this book right here y'all this is definitely every kind of lady moment yeah okay because um we have things on our plate that we bring to the table and when we bring things on the table we bring a plate full of things on the table and we cannot bring things to a three-legged table we need our mind our body our soul and spirit all of that intact when one of those legs is out of sync when if the spirituality is off it's going to now the other three is holding up trying to hold up the weight it ain't going to happen it's going to slide right off yeah, yeah. you have something that's wrong with your body you know when you're sick and you down and out you're like look i don't feel like eating i don't feel like talking you're like look look leave me alone <laughs> and you're a little short with it yeah. and so you're knocking everything off i mean so your body would tell that spirituality go somewhere <laughs> and like look i ain't, you know you, you would tell yeah. like i ain't got no patience for you get out of my face so when we have opportunity to release, to put pen to paper, to heal through writing, to um, lend our voices to the voices, we do our thing. And I appreciate this. You, you are doing many things. When women speaks, um, I hear in, it, in the poetry, um, stories, a cryptic, <laughs> it may be, um, that women need that release they yeah. want men need it too they they need it too but i understand i am a woman so i can only speak for my for what i know 
you know, it's funny because like when we started When Women Speak, which is a platform to empower women and to have women have a safe and secure place to find their voice, to share their voice and to help others find theirs. Immediately, the men thought it was like a man bashing club. And it's so far from that. I don't think in all the times I've had the platform, have I even heard a man bashing poem? That's the irony in that. Right, we see? Have, <laughs> we have so many other things that we'd rather talk about first if we got to go there. We don't, you know, that's not the first thing that we want to talk about. And it's not a secret society where we go and we talk about the men know. These yes. are real issues that we need to find out. Hey, I'm okay. I'm okay. You okay? You okay? We all okay. Because guess what? This is just not my story. This is everybody's story. So we all got a piece of this. So I'll hold up that end. You hold up that end. And the table you talked about that only had two legs. I got a, a table over here that got four. I'll lend you one. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. so, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing when you can um, not be into yourself and extend whatever it is that you have for the journey that you have here on earth whatever it is you can extend it to others and and prop them up and light their candle um so cliche to say that when i'm lighting candles it doesn't diminish mine exactly and, listen yeah. let me tell you something say that say that and i believe thing. that with all my heart and, and let me tell you something um that is when you're winning I'm winning, you know. I I always hate it when somebody says, "Who do you like the best, Jenna Jackson or Whitney Houston?" I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you know, Turn Banks or Naomi Campbell? Like, what? Like, you tell. So when you have a, a Miss America beauty pageant, and when you see like 200 women on that stage, and we can talk about the two of us, mm. of women of color on the stage, mm -hmm. um, check yourself at the door. We're not breaking that down. Yeah. Check yourself at the door because we got our problems. <laughs> you know, so, you know, um, so in my workshops from internal monologues, resiliency, writing, expressive writing, affirmative writing, um, in all of those different spaces that we grow from, that we work with, that we, we, we you know, the artistic piece of it all. Um, it is always a form of healing. It is always cathartic. And that was cathartic for me. And I hope that I didn't like overstate, you know, over, over, uh, you know, lean on it too much, but I'm not going to apologize. You wrote that and part of it was my story and I appreciate it. Um, and I have to say, um, I held back a tear today. I, I, I just had to throw the teeth and gums on it. So I don't, and I appreciate you. And I hope that um, I will see you more i actually um uh will be having a writing workshop series the nina simone writing series i don't know if you all into the nina simone but i'm doing a little bit with nina simone and etta james and a few others where we're going to listen to the lyrics and the music and have a kind of like a, a party writing series on friday evenings coming up soon the first one to start um the 26th of february and i hope to see you all um there so we can have some fun and um forward to it that's for sure yeah looking forward to it so i'm gonna invite you all to come back and um chit chat with me we yeah. have to do this again absolutely thank you amira so welcome. And, you. and i'll see you soon at the black muslim authors yes, conference yes ma'am <laughs> take care thank you, you for the platform care. 
You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. So you all just heard Amira Bilal, Amira Shabazz Bilal. And again, you're going to have to download the, uh, if you don't have Spotify, Apple Tunes, Google Podcasts, uh, Radio Plus, or um, Anchor, download it, get it now so you can hear us over and over and over again. And so next, we have this multi-talented, most beautiful woman. This, okay, listen, we all hear her voice, just the sound of her voice. You could just bottle up her voice. There's a handful of voices that I'll say that too, but her voice, she could just sell it by singing the ABCs because the sound of her voice is just intoxicating. And this woman, she's so, um, she's doing a lot of things. She's an author. She's a poet. She has, um her own business, um, Edify. Edify. I'm going to have her break it down to you more than I can, but she also is part of an anthology, I Am My Story, uh, which was a number one bestseller, and she um, she's doing so much in the community that um, when she speaks and you hear her story and you learn of um the the becoming of her the makings of her um and to find herself in a space connecting to her spirituality and telling folks men be it so she have a message she have a message for them <laughs> you better listen you better listen to her so and her name is i call her lady mio but Mia Soti Santiago, uh, she's going to let us have it. And again, she is the founder of Exemplify to, be- to Edify. Exemplify to Edify. And um, so she's she does a lot of work to empower women. I'm going to let her speak. Come on, Miss Lady. Come on. Let me hear you, Miss, Miss Mio. How you doing? Good evening. Good evening, every kind of lady and her pages. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so honored to be here tonight and just to share this platform with, with so many amazing women. This is, and, and you, thank you for opening up this platform for, for, for us and for me to express myself a little bit more. You're welcome. I am so, I'm so happy to have you here. I remember meeting you for the first time and hearing your authentic you and to have an opportunity, I watched you do the launch of your book and how you, your family was just so there and doing a thing with you. I was just like, that's what I'm talking about. Look at that. You know, we, we have, um, when, I mean, we, we do things, but we want our family to celebrate things with us. They want you know, all the time you see artists and or, or people who are wealthy and, they, and what happened, they have like a form of depression because they feel like they don't really have real, nothing real, no real love. You know, they don't have connections with their parents. They don't have connections with their kids. They don't have a, someone, um, a, a husband, a wife, a lover. They don't have that. And so you know, it's like, what, what's the point? You know, so much delicacies that I can eat or, or beautiful things that I can see where, you know, there is something that's not missing. But when you stop and you own 
um, the respect for yourself and you and your family and you check people and you're able to be in a space and and do it the way you do it. <laughs> um, yeah, that, I have to put respect on it. I Thank really you. It's just it's been years of just trying to demanding my respect and not getting it. And the, the, the poem that I wrote is because I've been around so many women, including my daughters, who call me when they're going through issues with their men. And I have been through the same thing. So I just wanted my voice to roar out there into the world and just to send a message to men on how they have to be careful on what, what, what they do to women because we're very delicate. And like the title of my book, God's Diamond, I believe every woman is a diamond in God's eyes. Yes. So you, you have to you have to treat us like we're delicate. And you know, men these days they've forgotten how to treat women. And you know, it's it's trickling down to the next generation with the disrespect of women. So this was just a little message that I wanted to send out to the world. A nice message. Um, a short, nice message. A lovely message. <laughs> and y'all remember, y'all can hear that in the book, y'all. The Every Kind of Lady and Her Sisters page is 2020 Poetic Anthology. And this is me, y'all. Let's hear it, my lady. So my poem is called My Message to Men. Men, the silence that you give your woman when you ask, when she asks you a question while you stare into your mobile device is your failing as a partner. The lack of eye contact when she is talking to you, trying to converse in an intellectual conversation in hopes to get your feedback or opinion bestows a disconnection of her heart. You can't hear past the distraction in your mind if your life is so focused on the illusions of the world. You cannot see the realism of the woman that has been placed in your life if you are focused on the illusions of the women that are flashing past your newsfeed without stretch marks, cellulite, small sculptured waist, big bottoms, perfect hair, flawless skin, long extended lashes, full lips, eyes that capture your soul by that stare looking back at you. But you have the mother of your child bearing the marks on her stomach and thighs, the flap of extra skin from being stretched out, carrying your son or daughter for nine months. You have the hair that maybe has not been washed today because she had no time or was too tired after feeding the baby, getting the kids ready for school, cleaning, cooking, laundry, homework, practices, games, picking up even after you, being your mother sometimes too. Because you fail to take initiative and step in when she is overworked, even possibly after working her 40 hour week on top of all of that. Is she not the woman that should be looked at as your superwoman? Hypnotized by the possibilities that arise in your mind created a disconnection with the only ability to see who is in front of you. Keep her on your side, fellas. She will slip through your fingers like time, the time that you wasted not loving her, and you have lost her to a guy that she will fall so in love with. You will no longer matter. God's loyalty, his guidance, his presence in her life the way he will cater to her every need, answer every prayer, and fulfill her every desire. The sweet nothings that God will whisper in her ear when she is discouraged, in despair, in need of a loving touch. 
When you woke up this morning and reached over and grabbed your mobile device and said good morning to everyone whose picture you double tapped, making them aware that you see them. When you should have reached over, grabbed your woman by the waist, rolled her over next to you, greeted her with a forehead kiss and a good morning with that sweet aroma of morning breath. But just know that God wakes her up with a sweet good morning, my precious queen. I have given you another day to be great. No need to worry about the catering of man. God got you. It is time men begin to realize that when a woman falls in love with Jesus, he has lost her forever. But he has also blessed her life because his inactions guided her back to him who so loves her more than any man can ever love her. All right now, <laughs> I'm, well, I'm about to listen. I am so glad that it's being recorded and it's gonna be. I'm gonna have it on like uh <laughs> on my freaking uh Bluetooth. I'm be washing the dishes, <laughs> right? <laughs> With my unwashed hair, <laughs> y'all. You heard that? But you know what? I appreciate that because we really we need someone to stop and say, hey, you know, um, I'm gonna check you. I got me. I got I got my creator. And you was able to rope all of that. And you're going to have to tell me about the, um, I know the inspiration, um, but you're going to have to share that release. What was that release about? When you put, when you said, okay, I'm done with this. Did, did you say, hey, look what I wrote. What you know, the, re <laughs> the release was to me always being in a relationship with a man and never feeling good enough. Mm. I'm comparing myself to someone else entertaining or if I felt they were attracted to or it was just never really about me and you know it's also a, a message I feel that social media is destroying a lot of relationships self-esteem um, a lot of women are, are, are comparing themselves to what they see on social media and unfortunately the men are entertaining it and forget about the woman at home. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, double tapping. Oh, what is it? Instagram. You liking all of that. And okay, so these stretch marks, this extra skin, as you said, that you, I care as your babies, a few. And, you know, that's my beauty mark that I wear. That's what I bear. I appreciate that. That woman, she ain't cooking for you and she ain't giving you no babies. <laughs> you know yeah. and she ain't coming home matter of fact you be happy to um be um chasing after her to 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 get her attention at one glimpse but she's too fast maybe too young haven't lived long enough or maybe whatever whatever it is but we need to appreciate what we have at home and mm -hmm. you know and and so yes i you know to find your spirituality and to say, listen, I'm gonna let, let me let me slow down because I understand the future. I, I I understand that men um are visual and they do have other desires. You know, I'm not gonna fight. Matter of fact, I ain't gonna fight you with that. Correct. I'm not gonna fight you with that. Matter of fact, I might even say, how about we don't betray me? And how about we do this together? Or how about we come together and we have a conversation of what what's this about? I'm a, you know, because that forehead kiss, that forehead kiss, 
that's like so sweet like I wanna, that is intimate like you don't you don't give forehead kisses to um the double tapper girl mm -mm. and i say the double kiss because um i don't want to i don't want to start a whole other conversation but yeah before, yeah before i lost my husband who the, the one who passed away at the world trade center the morning that he left he turned around and he gave me a forehead kiss and he just oh. looked in my eyes and he said you know you're the best thing that ever happened to me and i told him the same thing and he left and he went to work and he was stuck on the 93rd floor and he passed away on 9-11. And all I remember was the forehead kiss. It was everything to me. It's very intimate and just very, it's very humbling for, for him to just, just kiss you on your forehead. It's that, that simple. It's just that simple of a love. I can't explain it. It's enduring. It's, 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 it's everything that that's that's love right there you ever say to you you know there are those small things and things may not look like love to other people when the person is actually doing certain small things that you like because everybody don't like the same thing I, I i like the idea that i have a sugar bowl that's on my, my my coffee bar and i like the fact that it's being refilled every time it get low i'm like oh he knows that i want the sugar in the bowl so he keep filling it up <laughs> And I feel it's those little things that he pay attention to. Paying attention, like she gonna she gonna be looking for it, and so that forehead kiss, that's everything. That just blow. That's that that just blew me away a little bit more because of the fact that the story behind that, what you carrying. Yeah, that's what I that's what I'm carrying, and and um, it's just a. a it's just a beautiful, um, intimate moment for a, a man to show his woman that he adores her and just loves her and, and respects her. And he's not, you know, like grabbing her butt and being all sexual with it. He's just being, treating her like the delicate woman that she is. And just the forehead kiss is just everything to me. That's what you do with diamonds. That's what you yeah. do with diamonds. Yep. Yep. So I'm hoping, you know, that more men rather than, you know, they need to learn how to be a little bit more intimate, but not in a sexual way. You have to be intimate with her soul. Yes. You have to touch her soul. You have to nurture her soul. And um, little things like that is just showing her that you would respect her and you just love her a little, that much, that you're respecting her space and it's just an intimate thing for me. And I think this is something that this generation uh, needs to know because there's so much disrespect. Yeah, we're not bees and holes and things that, you know, yeah. um, and, 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 and we don't want to pass the idea that that is just okay. You know, there's a season for certain things. There's a time for certain things. There's a time where you say, okay, I want that little this, that, and the other, but not everything. You know, sometimes right. that modesty, um, that reserve, that's yes. real, that stillness is real, yeah. real yes. sexy, real, real, the gratitude, real well, you welcome that. I appreciate yeah. that. 
Thank so, you. God's Diamond, that's your book. Everybody look out for her mm -hmm. book now. She got some beautiful pictures in that book now. Um, I, I tell you, you know, and then it's the writing spaces, it's, it's prompts in there. So you can, you know, tell your story. And it's important for us to tell our story, to write our narrative, to, to build your written legacies. Leave something behind because your words will survive you when you are gone, mm -hmm. you know. And I have reflection questions so you can reflect on on your own experience. Uh, I, I've spoken to several women who read the book and they related to almost everything that I wrote because I, as women, we, we are more relatable than we know. Yes, that's why it is important to create these spaces. Yeah. Um, my lady, I'm, we going to get ready to wrap up, but before we go, everybody, uh, I'm just going to say, um, I appreciate you guys. I, I hope to see you guys come back to the every kind of lady cafe hour and, uh, we can share again, um, peace and blessings. Your story is amazing. And you guys have the link, the barcode to share that. So until we meet again, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so Thank you much. So much. Take care. You welcome. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye, ladies. The Thank lesson. you. Sisters yeah. of the pages. Bye. Thank nice. you. That was the ladies of the pages. Every kind of ladiness. <laughs> Take care. You're Take welcome. Care. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye.